Hello and welcome to another episode of Monster Dear Monster, a monster exploration podcast where we look at monsters from their origin to their current pop culture status and everything in between. And sometimes there's no monsters. Sometimes there's just people. And that's all right. I'm one of your hosts, Dave, and I am joined today by both of my sometimes wayward co-hosts, Leonard. Hello. And Cameron. Hey, all. Welcome back. Welcome aboard <laughs> the dream train. Oh, boy. To nightmare land. Wait, no, we did this show already. That was a little Oh, deep. wait. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. sorry. sorry. <laughs> Welcome aboard this pirate ship. <laughs> because we're headed back to Candle Cove. You've got to go inside. Bravery Cave. Mm. Like Bravery Cave. No one likes Bravery Cave. But, yes, Candle Cove, Channel Zero. Episodes three and four are on today's list with episode three being entitled want to see something cool mm. it's the catchphrase of every cool kid <laughs> i don't know where i'm going with that but anyway yes <laughs> uh, we will be looking at episode three of candle cove first and that that's it there's no other we don't have anything anymore there's no pre-show show, show. <laughs> no, until one reappears anyway yeah who knows when it's it's inevitable it will return in some form mm. but today we're just gonna dig right into it i think yeah All right, what is the long and short of it? What happened? What was going on? A lot was going on, really. Yeah, and I and I think it's fair to do a quick review of episodes one and two. Oh, At least episode just, yeah. two. <laughs> just the just last time it, on Candle Cove something. Yeah. Just in case someone decides to start here. <laughs> mm -hmm. And just not be in the middle of who knows what. Uh, Leonard, please let us know what happened. What, what's the what's the, what's going on with the plot? All right, uh, child psychologist Mike, whose last name I have forgotten, Painter. has a horrible. There we go. Mike Painter has a horrible nightmare where he's on a very cheap talk show and is accosted by the talk show host. For to do do his job in the least like um safe way possible live yeah. on TV. Uh it turns out to be a horrible nightmare. Uh he travels to his childhood home of Iron Hills where five children uh died in nineteen eighty-eight after a bizarre children's puppet show. Uh, named Candle Cove aired uh, locally and then stopped airing after the uh, uh, the children's deaths. These deaths are ruled as murders, seeing as though the children are all missing their teeth, um, which, you know, seems suspicious. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike uh, comes home. His mother is super surprised. Oh, oh, and incidentally, Mike's twin brother, Eddie, was one of the children. Uh, however, his body had not been found. Um, some bizarre things start happening as soon as Mike shows up. Uh, Candle's Cove begins uh, airing again uh, on uh, the local television channels. And Mike's just kind of like embroiling himself in 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 the mystery of of the tragedy that happened all those years ago um uh the his former uh, not former friend but his friend uh who's the sheriff who's once again whose name i have forgotten i have forgotten <laughs> every character's name they can Gary. only be known by their titles <laughs> she, she, uh sheriff gruff uh <laughs> is um uh, old childhood friend uh and uh his daughter uh goes missing after watching Candle Cove. Uh Mike is suspected because uh after uh attending a dinner party, he went back to his mother's home and fell asleep in his bed only to wake up uh at dawn in a field and now that Sheriff Gruff's uh daughter Katie. Uh, yes, I believe that- so. Katie is missing. Uh, Mike is suspect number one because Mike's a a weirdo, like mm. a Silent Hill protagonist level weirdo. So, <laughs> um, uh, everyone's suspicious. Uh, Mike's acting really sketchy in that uh, he is talking to uh, <laughs> he is talking to Sheriff Gruff's wife, another former. Another friend from his childhood, uh, when he just kind of bolts, uh, Mike uh, enters the forest uh, uh, surrounding the local area and spots a suspicious figure dressed up like a skeleton pirate, uh, a character from Candle Cove named Jawbone, and uh, chases it through the woods only to uh, wind up at a location known as the Crow's Nest where he finds uh, an unconscious Katie and, and takes her away. Uh, but, before the, but before the camera can cut away, a horrible child effigy made out of teeth crawls out, <laughs> um, crawls into frame, and grabs two teeth that have been placed on the ground, uh, uh, what we can assume uh, is, is from Katie yeah. and... Uh, and everything's fine. Mike is somewhat redeemed, even though Sheriff Gruff is stu- still super sketch uh, and suspicious of him. And, uh, um, what, that's what, episode one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought, I really thought that was, like, both episodes. And then in nope. episode two, <laughs> yep, and then episode two, the mystery expands, um, culminating in Mike uh, finding the desiccated body of his brother, Eddie, in an old cement factory, um, along with his mother, Marla. Uh, She does not discover it, but of course Mike tells her. Uh, Sheriff Gruff and the the Iron Hills police team and forensics team, which I'm kind of impressed they have a forensics team, arrive Mm -hmm. and uh, um, cart the body away. Uh, later at home, uh, Mike has a flashback, 
uh, and uh, goes to have some coffee talk with his mom in the kitchen over some pie, where he uh, then reveals that, oh, surprise, um, he actually killed Eddie with a uh, giant I-know-what-you-did-last-summer hook, um, and... um, and buried his body in the woods, a, an area of the woods that had been searched by the local police, uh, but Eddie's body had not been discovered, meaning that somebody dug him up. Uh, mm. His mother, Marla, is understandably upset about it, although not nearly as upset as any rational person would be because she <laughs> simply tells him to get out. Um, and when he tries to explain further, she slices the back of his hand with a kitchen knife and leaves. Uh, and the episode ends with Sheriff Gruff asking Mike to get into the police car because he is under arrest because, um, you know, like any rational person, uh, his mother, Marla, told the sheriff that, uh, his son, uh, that her son killed her other son, and hmm. and now Sheriff Gruff wants to have a talk. Unfortunately, they uh, did not turn uh, down the road to the police station, and yes. this is where we in start on episode three. Yeah, that's it. That's, that, that's yes. the summary. Wait, no, don't forget, uh, his old English teacher is feeding the tooth creature more teeth. That's oh, the that's actual right. End of that episode. Yes, <laughs> I'm not a fan of the tooth creature. <laughs> I, 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 um, I, I think it's funny that it it ate the teeth. Um, mm. Personally, I, I th- thought it would have been <clears throat> funny if she had just kind of stuck the teeth onto mm. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah but they, they might, they might get uneven. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, yeah. Alright, so that's what you missed if for some reason you didn't watch the first two episodes before coming along to this. Or listen to the last the Yeah the, uh, the, our our first episode <laughs> covering the series. Mm. But now you're all caught up. And we can show you what's behind the door to episode number three. Because yes. don't you want to see something cool? <laughs> So Cameron, how does this pick yes. up? What's going on here? So, uh, the Iron Hills Police Department is surprisingly advanced. They have a forensics team. They also have a secret black site, <laughs> um, which is an old house uh, Gary the Sheriff wanted to buy, uh, but it got snatched up by some rich, richer hobnobber. Uh, and then gutted and put back on the market, and he's never going to be able to afford it now. Uh, but because his wife's a real estate agent, he does still have the keys to it. So he's taking Mike out there to be interrogated extrajudicially because bad decisions are being made continually in this show. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, at the at the house, uh, a couple of the co-workers, Tim and Daphne, also show up. Uh, these are all people related to the original murders. Five years, uh, what, not five years ago, Jesus, uh, 20, 20 something years ago. Um, Tim, in particular, was the uh, younger brother of one of the boys killed, and Daphne was a cousin to one of the girls killed. 
um <laughs> Ca- yes. Cameron you yes. uh you had you had a bit of uh of of Silent Hill protagonist uh time frame right there oh dear I god believe. did I yeah did I, yeah did I five years five years yeah yeah you did yeah oh. Mary died th- Mary died three three years ago three years ago <laughs> I'm so confused <laughs> dear god someone fix me then what did I say it right uh there was many years before. We're good. Many years before. We're good. Okay. <laughs> they were children. Great. Now they are adults. They they were young and now they are large. Um, <laughs> Not mutually exclusive. That's fair. Yeah, I should know that better than anyone. Um, yes. So all these three people, Gary, Tim, and Daphne, all blame Mike for the terrible things that happened many years in the past, which is the rational... Uh, rational conclusion to draw in this case however handcuffing him to a chair and attempting to beat the truth out of him is probably not the rational way to go about things but you know bad decisions being made all around and to be fair it's really tim that's super big on the beatings and Mm. tim incidentally is the brother of the kid that broke eddie's finger yeah yes gene yep there we go because they're such lovely people. Mean Gene the dancing machine. So. <laughs> Danced right off yeah. a cliff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, during this interrogation, Mike is having flashbacks to things that happened in the past. And he, one, one is uh, his brother Eddie using psychic mind powers to force Gene to just walk off a cliff out by the crow's the- nest. <laughs> uh, that's... Uh, be that's after gene had to pay the toll which yes. is teeth for some reason eddie you weirdo um yeah gotta pull kids out some of your kids own are teeth. cruel yeah i kids mean it's cruel yeah i, I kind of <laughs> get where eddie's coming from this is the kid who deliberately broke your finger a week earlier but also yeah kids kids in general are terrible i'm allowed to say that i'm a teacher um <laughs> Uh, yeah, you gotta pay the toll because he wants to go to Candle Cove, and now you've paid the toll, so off you go, walk the plank to Candle Cove, and you can't just walk straight off the edge of a cliff. Um, it's not great. Um, clearly, uh, we're getting, getting the, uh, the gist of things now, like Eddie killed both Gene and the three other victims, uh, and then Mike stops him by stabbing him with a meat hook. Before he uh, before he gets more people into Candle Cove, um, of course, this sounds a little extravagant uh, to adults, and quite frankly, they do not really believe him. Daphne is sort of wavering. She's she was really freaked out by Candle Cove as a kid. Uh, she's freaked out by it coming back on the air now, as well, and she's kind of beginning to buy in a little bit tim is having none of it gary doesn't believe in the supernatural aspect of all of this essentially um and tim is really having none of it and seriously escalates things uh by and and the adults have all been dreaming about candle cove again yes yes there's been getting in their heads again um probably contributing to a lot of the bad decision making here as uh tim pulls out a tarp and puts it around the chair and is very clearly about ready to murder Mike. Um, 
and indeed attempts to, managing to accidentally, accidentally, yeah, no, he was trying to kill him. I, I, would, I would call shooting Mike in the shoulder an accident as opposed to uh, the deliberate It just action. didn't go where he was aiming. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was a bit of a struggle. I I I will I will say that in in an attempt to to lighten the mood of, mm. of uh, Tim's tarp pulling uh, during my uh, second and third watch of this episode, I uh, slowed uh, or I I uh, actually put on uh, uh, "Hip to Be Square" by Huey Lewis <laughs> in the news. Um, just to, just to, yeah. just to inject a little American Psycho into mm-hmm. into the mix for for just a second yeah yeah it is, it is a pretty heavy scene um that's fair <laughs> well the, the levity you've injected is also murder so yeah, well yeah. i mean i mean i mean you have i it's like it's like poetry it has to rhyme mm. tim <laughs> is the funniest character that we've ever included in the series <laughs> fair. um yeah um and of course, uh, what else could possibly make the situation worse for all people involved than Mike's mother, Gary's wife Jessica, and uh, Deputy Sheriff Amy all showing up because Gary hasn't shown up to work despite saying he was going to take uh, Mike in. Uh, this is the exact moment they show up. Uh, Gary attempts to stop them getting in while uh, leaving um, Daphne and Tim to clean things up and take care of Mike. Uh <laughs> And Tim, one. Tim yeah. really attempts to take care of Mike. Um, yeah. Not not satisfied having only winged him on the shoulder, Tim mm. decides to take a, a box cutter to him. Yeah, yeah, or at least attempt to. Um, at this point, they do manage to get in the house. They see what is going on. Uh, Tim and Daphne run for it. They're on the lamb at this point. Uh, and Amy immediately arrests Gary because she seems to be the only upstanding person in the police department so far. Um, and this is this is what one would call extremely bad. It, like, extremely, extremely bad. Oh, uh, my child went missing and lost a couple of teeth. So we're going to uh, take this mentally ill man to a black site <laughs> out in the middle of nowhere and attempt to murder him by all accounts. Not a good look. Well, to be fair, to be fair, they attempted to coerce a confession out of him. Yeah, really, Tim. And then they jumped to murder. Yeah, with Tim. Yeah. And that was just Tim. That, that was, was all Tim. Just Tim. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, uh, really not great. Um, so you know, there's all the there's, there's all the social fallout from all of this. Um, uh, Mike and his mother are really sticking to their story at this point of he, he misremembered, he, I misquoted him, etc, etc. He didn't literally say he killed Eddie, etc, etc. Um, and uh, meanwhile, uh, good old Tim and Daphne. Uh, Daphne has run off in one direction and uh, somehow ends up at former teacher, uh, her former teacher, Mrs. Booth's house, really late at night. Um, no, you know, just come for a late night chat. Some cocoa. Oh. Confess your problems. Hmm? Uh, Cameron. Um, yes. Uh, Mrs. Booth is. Um, I'm sorry. What? Gee, Daphne. Yes. Daphne, Daphne. is. Uh, yeah. Um, Mrs. Booth is Daphne's uh, aunt. 
Oh, really? Okay. Yes, yeah. because uh, because oh, the yes. photo was of her of of Mrs. Booth's son, who was yes. one of the one of the victims. So. Yes. Yes. Right. Right. There we go. Yes. So, but both a former teacher and a relative. Uh, so, I mean, that makes more sense. This is someone you can go to uh, in times of strife. Um, c- you know, confesses it all. Uh, decides she's going to turn herself in, but. You know, um, we'll just get you something to drink before you go. Sets out four cups of cocoa, which is suspicious when there are two people, uh, for a start. Um, and then says, oh, don't worry, I'll get you something stronger. Walks away as if to fetch perhaps a brandy or a schnapps or something, you know, nice on a cold night when you realize you've probably ruined your life, but you're going to try and do the right thing. Uh, and instead, uh, slits her throat with an ice hook. Uh, does all this and says you should never have messed with Mike. <laughs> yes, yes, don't mess with Mike Painter. Um, very cold. Um, which which means that 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 meat hook uh, exists in mallet space, and that if you reach behind your back, you can just mm. pull out a meat hook in yeah. Iron Hills. Yeah. Yes, it's it's usually under the bed. Yes, mm. or in a or in a in a drawer. Yeah. Or yeah. in or in my coat pocket. Yeah, just just anywhere a meat oh. hook could conceivably fit. <laughs> or in a jack in a box. Oh god. Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the maybe, bad maybe not, one. That's maybe not the that bad one. one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um Uh it turns out uh Mrs. Booth had all that cocoa because she's hosting a little sleepover. There's four local kids. Um and she's sitting down, she's watching Candle Cove with them. Um, and it turns out we don't need to worry about Tim either, as he was running through the woods, unsure of what to do now that he's completely ruined everything. Um, some children showed up in masks and stabbed him to death. Uh, yes. Yes, and Mrs. Booth asked where the body was so that she can go dispose of it, uh, because she appears to be running a cult of murderous children at this point, which is terrifying. Uh, and, and, and quick too, seeing mm. as though uh, the children problems uh, only really started when Mike arrived. So, mm. either either she jumped on this Candle Cove bandwagon really quick, or perhaps there's something else going, going on. on. Mm-hmm. Yes, oh, and, possible. and Cameron, um, mm. um, you, you, I, I, can understand how you you neglected to mention the sequence, uh, considering <laughs> that it, it it involves your favorite uh, character. Uh, but uh, there is a point where Mike just drives out into a field, mm. takes a little nap in his car. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody comes to visit. Someone comes to to suck on his hand, um, or something along those lines. I never really got what it's it his was fingies. Yeah, he wants his fingers on his fingers. Yeah. Yeah. The, the two thingy doesn't he it does indeed come to uh come to get Mike for some reason. I was really not hundred percent on what the symbolism there is, but it's creepy as hell. I hate that thing. It's a really well designed <laughs> such a simple design idea. Um So 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 yeah. so just to just to just to um like um just get the discomfort with the uh the tooth child out of the way mm. super quick. Cameron, yeah. do you yeah. think that that it is all teeth 
or do you think that underneath the shingling shellac of of porcelain, mm. porcelain, uh, there it is. It is held together by a thin layer of gum flesh. Oh, that makes it much worse. I was thinking like a solid tooth golem, <laughs> which I feel would be satisfying because there there could be an alternate ending to this show where Mike just takes a sledgehammer to it and it like explodes. And that doesn't happen. That's not a spoiler, uh, really. Um, but the idea that there is a gum from which this thing grows is incredibly disturbing to me. <laughs> I do not like it. <laughs> Thank you. I guess. Yeah, like I said, just get 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 it all, <laughs> experience it all at once, so it doesn't carry through the entire episode. Yeah, that's fair. But it will. Uh, by the way, by the way, you should. Um, I I forget. I think it was a rap party or something like that. But you should look up uh, that they made a tooth child uh, cake. Um, uh, and it and it is exquisite it is it is legitimately really well made and really well crafted and and beautiful it is it is literally just the shot that they use in the promotional artwork from like shoulders up Mm, of of the two but yes it is it is that uh, yes life-size and but a cake so you should you should the internet points there yeah yeah oh yeah that's right Oh yeah, that's right. I inadvertently made a reference to a me. Like now, it's time for me to walk off the crow's nest. I'm glad that that meme is gone. But you just brought it back. Thanks. That 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 actually that actually does feel like the kind of punishment that that seems like it would befall me. Reference Mm. a bunch of reference memes which I hate, and then walk off a cliff. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, my goodness, my goodness. Yeah. Well, so while the while the terror of the tooth child is one thing, uh, there's a different and deeper terror portrayed here, which is uh, waking up in the middle of the night. Oh, it was in the mo- uh, No, it was only early morning. Waking up in the early morning to find your daughter, who lives several hundred miles away, has somehow teleported to directly outside the front of your mother's house overnight. Um, this is a. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna part the kimono here. Kids are a thing that are in my life. The ones I work with, I have a good relationship with. I I care for them on some level. I don't understand what it is to be a parent. I understand the kind of confused terror that must have been like in character here of why is my daughter here? <laughs> because yeah. that's oof. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it is is uh, disturbing, and it is a kind of twist that I didn't a hundred percent see coming. Like Mike's daughter has been involved a little bit thus far. You know, she's been on a on a call on the phone with him and said some weird Candle Cove related stuff. But like this episode has her walking upstairs into pitch darkness at at her house, and then the next thing we see of her is she has appeared here in Iron Hills with no clue of how she got here. Um. It's it's uh it's a different kind of fear, <laughs> and I think it's one they utilize quite well. Yes, and this is where like, this is where the completely like unexplainable supernatural element mm. comes in. One one that is so unexplainable that um that there is simply no way to to rationalize it. Yeah. Um, 
if even even the most even the most skeptical of characters would not be able to rationalize how this occurred. So mm, it yeah. kind of um so this is where it just so I think this is kind of an interesting shift because we have it because there is still a mystery element uh mm. at play. However, yeah. now now it is explicitly supernatural but with a human conduit tied to it somehow mm, yeah so the mystery now becomes how is how are these supernatural ev- uh, events related to mrs booth how much involvement does she actually have um yeah. i mean which yeah. is clearly a lot since she mm. murdered her, her her niece um so uh i think that it's it's actually considering that this this entire uh story it consists of uh, six one-hour equip essentially one-hour episodes. Yeah, I think that that having this kind of narrative shift in the third episode is a really good idea because mm. it doesn't it doesn't say oh no the supernatural elements aren't real it's it's very real yeah but now we need to relate it to now we need to connect the docs to how it relates to everything else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh yeah, and that that's episode number three. Um now And I, I think the final shot on there is Ooh, um actually yeah. it's Mike and his mother um running down to see why his daughter's a- across yeah. the street from the house. The camera I wanna say here pans back um up to one of the bedrooms um and it's our, yes. our to- toothy boy um it's, it's tooth friend chilling in the say, in the yes. window. Yeah. Yeah, they get that, uh, but they designed that they're going to get as much use out of it as they can without overusing it. <laughs> and also, Cameron, I was just workshopping some um, some uh, uh, stress de-escalation techniques yeah, yeah, yeah. for you and the tooth child, and right. I have decided that the best option for you is to imagine uh, a like rareware uh, video game googly eyes on <laughs> on it. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. See, I, I can go I, with that. <laughs> and I think that that'll help. Yeah, just, uh, just paste some googly eyes yeah, on that. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought like, you were going to do, like, some aversion therapy where you gave me a uh, correlatingly sized toothbrush, so, like, a five-foot toothbrush, and just said, you know, approach it from a distance first and get closer. You know, brush the tooth, child. Get it, Let it get to know you. No, no, I, I much prefer googly eyes. Thank you. Yep. Like just that last shot is, is of it staring mm. out the window. With, oh, that makes it so ban- much better. Yeah, with Banjo Kazooie <laughs> <Yeah>. eyes. <laughs> oh god, I can picture it in my somewhat operational mind's eye. <laughs> That's good. Um, now, this is uh, based on or spins off from uh, a little YouTube series, I believe. Is it oh right? yes, yes. I- think they were concurrent or yeah this came afterwards a spin-off yeah, idea by the the original creator, creator. Yes. yeah yeah by chris Stroud. um yeah tell me about this i didn't have the chance to watch uh these which sounds awful because i know how sure they are but that just didn't have the chance it's um it's real life <laughs> it happens yeah let me know what what is uh what is these uh project 58 was it Local fifty eight. It's Local a 58. um, 
it's it's just a local channel, not a public access one. It looks like it's just a regular mm-hmm. old channel, uh, one of the ones that does in like an ending broadcast, um, probably somewhere around two a.m., uh, where mm-hmm. it'll do sign off notes. So the a thing that doesn't really exist um, as much anymore, but were were prevalent in the eighties and through throughout the nineties. Um, yeah. Yes. Pretty much, uh, and these are short little two and a half, three minute long um, episodes. Each one is uh, masquerading as one thing while actually being something else. An example. Well, so these are weather service contingency and you are on the fastest available route. Um, three short episodes. There, there, There's a few more, but they're divided into seasons. This is season one. Uh, the first episode of that being weather service. And it's a weather public service announcement um, saying that there's a, a, a weather warning. It's an emergency alert coming on the TV. The The broadcast is using um, clips from old service warnings. So it it, it looks yeah. actually like fairly legitimate. Um, aside from it, it veering into uh, horrifying territory, the example um, in this particular instance is that the weather service is warning uh, everyone in the area um, that there's a, a storm approaching and uh, you should not go outside, stay inside. Mm-hmm. The the warning proceeds to get more dire and it tells you to not look up do not look at the moon <laughs> do not look in a mirror uh, do not look at the light um etc it, it piles on mm. from there the warning begins to shift telling you to actually go outside go look up at the moon and then I swear I've read this <laughs> some point <laughs> it it i i feel that these are that sort of urban legend sense um of what they kind of like how they're arranged um it eventually breaks mm. down to saying that uh whoever's doing the tele the teletype um prompts on the the warning begins to it begins to shift and then it's giving you the i looked up at the moon uh he is mm. uh looking back at me um he is in the light look at the moon yeah. if you're afraid we'll look <laughs> together uh and the camera um the, the 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 broadcast switches to like a camera view and it's slowly mm. like peeking out a window up at the moon um it's very effective uh yeah and, and just sort of ends on that note the uh leonard did you watch the contingency one uh yes how did that how did that um, one go uh, this was actually that's... like probably the hardest <laughs> one to to watch <laughs> to me uh, yeah well, well... So contingency is it's uh, it's once again it is the uh, uh, in broadcast for the day. Um, I what is it? It's uh, and a message from the Department for the Preservation of American Dignity uh, comes up, and I believe that the date uh, <laughs> that that there was an expiration date for it. Which I believe was like eleven thirteen nineteen seventy. The so no, the, the expiration date was twenty sixteen. Like it says, was do it? not yes, do not use after twenty sixteen. But that's not the broadcast date. That's just saying that you shouldn't be using this footage after that time. Hmm. 
Oh. Huh. I huh. That's interesting. Which would have been concurrent um, when this was like being made. Right. Yeah. Um so I guess to, to help you, this is because these are set in the eighties. Um, right. This is during the Red Scare. Uh, we get movies like Red Dawn, uh, where Russia um, has invaded the U.S. and has, has taken over. They've won. Um, this is what would play if the country was overrun. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, yes, it is. It is. It is purely framed as as um, as uh, America being invaded. Uh, essentially conquered, and I do like that it is it it is um it is indistinct about uh who America has been conquered by. Yeah, um, it's it's a contingency report to say like doesn't matter who it is. Um, this is the plan of action to act. Um, in right. the case of anyone um taking over the country. Mm. Um. There is one uh, that uh, that I really like. Uh, piece of advice: If there is time, victory position, uh, which is uh, <laughs> uh, 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 followed by remember the three F's: front lawn, face up, feet together. Uh, yes, the victory position is to go outside, lie on the ground on your back, face up. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> and complacent it's uh <laughs> it's unbelievably sinister mm. um it's, yes, it's the uh, least it, sinister <laughs> of the directives um by this act <laughs> yeah um but yeah it's it's just it's a little too plausible <laughs> now which kind of makes it lose the fun that I'm this, sure it originally is, had. Yeah, there's no... Um, this may have been tongue-in-cheek. That's why I said that this was the hardest one to watch, because it's... Um, <sighs> well, we'll just we'll just cut to the chase. The advice, uh, or the... the it's, it's, it's actually a directive, because local law enforcement mm -hmm. will come by and, like, enforce this, um, is that to preserve the dignity and freedom of America, um, we basically will not surrender... Uh, we will kill ourselves instead in mass the mm -hmm. entire country um and uh, yeah freedom hurrah yeah and it gets very explicit like in what to do uh the order of operation um and then uh the tongue in cheek part i guess will be at the very end of the broadcast <laughs> there is an a, there is a um a hastily uh tacked on message from the channel going this w this was aired on accident D um do not <laughs> like listen to it uh it, yes it, mm. it wasn't supposed <laughs> to air um yes it's it's a little there's a, there's there's just the 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 slightest wafting of world of uh war of the world uh flavor at the at the very end, do not panic. Do not take this seriously. Oh, and uh, incidentally, Dave, I just uh, scanned through it. There are actually two. Um, uh, do not use after dates. Oh, okay. The the yeah the December thirty uh, first uh, is 
uh, at the end when the title comes up, and then the initial footage is set for November uh, 13th, 1970, so... Mm. Which would make sense. I mean, that, that would be a more appropriate date. Yes. And more, like, in line with kind of what this was peddling about yeah (laughs) so this was probably my least favorite although it's very well done right like the slides are done well they're not good but they're done well uh Mm. yeah that is contingency the last one is actually the first one i watched and this is you're on the fastest available route um this one is is more um contemporary uh, than mm. the other ones would have been it is a um it's an it's an interruption into a uh, the news broadcast or the the late night closing um channel of uh someone in their car um with like a dash cam and they're being given um like gps directions to get to where there's need to go and it's it's giving like a countdown of how long it would take to get there uh, while the yes. um terrifying um voice uh, of the um the computer thing the is directing oh, them oh, the, the, the name yeah, is getting the, me you know what i mean <laughs> yep and it's it's a it's that monotone direction like um voice saying that you know you're getting closer it's you your destination arrives in this many you are on the fastest available route and it, it um the the time keeps like extending like the yes. distance being driven is just further and further and further out um until they're driving out in the middle of nowhere um it's it's interspersed uh you're not getting any um content aside from the audio of the um the gps device and eventually uh it is you you have arrived at your destination um and it's it, it, it's a ghost monster thing um i guess summoning victims through their gps to feed on them i don't it's very ambiguous um but basically you just do not want to have followed these directions it puts you in a, a bad place yeah um, so, uh, the, the, I like that the dash cam has, has the date and time and the, uh, initial, um, time given is like two hours and like 33 minutes or something like that. And the, uh, entirety of the trip is, is like roughly like four and a half hours because <laughs> it starts at 1 a.m. and ends at 5.32 yeah, someone's following these directions. <laughs> I don't know where they were trying to go, but that's a, a this, weird. This one feels the most like like a creepy pasta, like an internet, like mm. urban legend thing. Because that that was the that was kind of the problem that I was. I and when I say problem, this is this is not a, a, a judgment on quality. This is a very effectively very uh very effective very well executed uh piece of short format horror um but the the there's an aspect where 
um, in order for me to suspend uh, to suspend my disbelief, I had to say to myself that this person is clearly doing this for a reason. Like this isn't this isn't happenstance. This person is actively following these directions for a goal, not to just get somewhere because it's it's unreasonable to be given a two hour uh uh travel time frame and have all of the weird um gps occurrences uh take place without somebody like in my mind without somebody actively wanting to find out what this is about so mm. that's why it feels more like an urban legend like even the inclusion of the dash cam makes it feel like this is being documented before reasons. Mm. Right. Yeah. And this, so this being the first one that I watched, I watched them, I guess backwards. Um, I didn't know what to expect with the other two. Uh, and, mm -hmm. and they're, they don't, they're trafficking in the same theme kind of uh but it, they're more they're more like adjacent they don't um they don't read as this one did uh i i think to i want to say that watching them in in broadcast order uh may have been more effective watching them backwards was less because this ends on a completely different note and it um it makes it it gives the other ones a little bit more punch because they're so different um but i mm -hmm. think if i watched them the other way around it maybe wouldn't have been as good to see this one last hmm. yeah it, it's, it, a it's, real, it's so it, different it's like well um now maybe this segues better into season two of this. I don't know because right. I haven't watched them any further than this. But I felt that this didn't really fit in with the other two um, episodes. Yeah, there's there's a level of escalation in this um, because it's aggressive um, and because it isn't uh, it isn't in this format of oh look at what happens when like the broadcast si signal gets cut. It's it's explicitly like telling you a story with sound and visuals uh a lot more than than the previous two yeah and of them i would say that the first the weather service is probably my favorite um it reads uh as bits of um maybe like john carpenter's prince of darkness like that, yep. that's how that one feels um and it's because it's dealing with some sort of moon presence. Uh, I, I just enjoyed that one a little bit more. Um, I don't know that anyone could really find enjoyment in the contingency one. I, I think it was too on the nose. Um, now, particularly yeah. trying to watch this right now. It was like I, yeah. I did not actually actively enjoy watching that one. Um, thankfully, it's three minutes long. So that it was not. Um, it's not a big buy in. Uh, and as a completely tangential thing um there is a uh, a film i did watch the other day 
Um, it's an Australian film. Uh, this one was called The Tunnel. Uh, I want to say it's 2011. I could be wrong on that. It is 2011. I was not wrong. Um, that one involves... It's a found footage film where a uh, a reporter and her crew are um, they're 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 tasked with figuring out what's going on with these um, these tunnels. On, I believe it's under Sydney, and there's been disappearances of uh, local youth um, and or vagrants that have taken residence up in the tunnels. I think that there's a sort of reclamation project going on by the city. Um, that they're they're trying to do some mapping or 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 change uh, subway routes or something. It doesn't really matter what what the city's doing. But there's there's disappearances. They send an investigation in to see, or that the news yeah, sends an investigation to see what's going on in the tunnels. And of course, things go awry. Um, it is a creature feature. Uh, it's pretty well done, and it's about an hour and a half long. I, I do, as found footage goes, I would probably recommend that one. And it's tangential because it's a lovely, um, spooky monster under the city. <laughs> ah, yes. But yes, that will bring us all the way back around to um, mm. episode four, A Strange Vessel of Candle Cove. Yes. And this one goes places. It's yeah. we're, we're kicking <laughs> we're kicking it up a notch. Uh, what's going on here? Mm. Um, I, I guess I will kind of summarize this up a little bit. Um, yeah, we we delve into uh, a potential not the how but the why of Lily um, appearing here uh, because in, in in particular because she is Mike's daughter, um, she mm. appears to have been um, possessed by the the ghost of eddie um the yeah. some form of eddie um has has taken over mike's daughter um with the intent to uh basically free himself and and for that to be done um, his body needs to be recovered um again from the from the police because it's just chilling in the corner thing for an autopsy or whatever um yeah. we get a lot of this does this is probably a little bit more back back um flashback heavy uh than the previous episodes we have a lot more history um between mike and uh jessica i believe it's jessica mm -hmm. yeah. yes so yes. jessica while um she is the wife of the police chief she was in fact um mike's childhood crush uh mm. which basically what that amounted to was uh mike and eddie and uh, they are twins and had a, a a very strong rapport um because of that uh, and because they were slightly outcast by some of the other children um, Mike's developing relationship with Jessica, which happened to occur in the middle of all of this craziness with um, the, the Candle Cove broadcasting, um, begins to uh, fray the edge of Mike and Eddie's relationship with Eddie becoming jealous um, 
uh, uh, about Mike, or rather jealous of Jessica, who is taking more of Mike's attention uh, in Eddie's quest to send um, all of the kids to Candle Cove. Uh, Jessica falls into that um, that purview, uh, and Eddie is going to send Jessica um, along to candle cove along with the other children so everyone will be happy um they won't have to worry about anything anymore mike takes umbrage to this uh, hence his um stabbing of his brother with a hook basically to protect jessica is is what that was um all while being like spurred on by watching the the horrifying candle cove puppetry um, no one, yeah. and all the kids in particular, no one's in their in their correct um, mind during all this. They're they're being influenced by the show. That that relationship um, has made its way into present day. We we were aware that Mike had just um, been really he had because he had put himself into um, an institution. Him he released himself from it, I believe, uh, and made his way to um, Iron Hill. But um, prior to that, uh, he had been in contact again with Jessica um, as adults. They had been exchanging emails um, and that was forming a relationship, I think, beyond um, that of just childhood friends. Uh, Jessica's own marriage um, has had been um, on the rocks. She was not in a very good um relationship with her own husband they were drifting apart um uh, part and parcel of that was the the failure um to be able to purchase that house uh that that had been her husband's mm. big dream um and when that failed uh it 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 put a large toll on their marriage jessica is seeking a lot of solace um in in renewing a relationship with mike um, it, in some form, it doesn't necessarily had to have been romantic. Um, that, however, seems to be some of the case. Uh, and that is being it's an it's an extra stressor on everything going on, uh, particularly with um, Jessica and Greg's daughter uh, having attacked their son with a hook, and now um, just being hospitalized and potentially having been charged with um, intent to murder or aggravated assault or something. Um, it doesn't really get into that because that, that's not as important. Mm. Um, other than it, it in, in happening, we get uh, um, Amy, who is now acting sheriff um, because she's had to put her boss in lockup. Uh, she's <laughs> seeing um, weird stuff going on with the kids in town a lot of yes. just things kids mm. kids do some strange stuff but they're just they're they're dialing it up um maybe a little more than yep. uh is acceptable and she goes on her own investigation uh she's looking into the particular group of um kids at the, at the elementary school and in the in the process of that she's she's encountering um miss booth and finding that that um there are some parallels between what's going on now and what happened years and years ago um, with Miss with Miss Booth also being the teacher of all the kids that um, had been murdered. Mm. Yes. So she's starting to, to put two and two together. 
Um, and a lot of this hinges on the fact that she, as we discussed in the way back in the beginning, that she's younger um, than she's she's in a generational gap between the kids um, that are being affected yeah. now and then the adults that had been been affected as kids. She has some uh, a vague sense of like hero worship toward uh, Mike. Only because he's a, he's he's a successful um, child psychologist author, you know. She, um, we talked about that before last time as well. She holds him in some regard, um, and as such, um, everything going on um, has has put an impetus on her to kind of uh, solve things as best she can. Hmm. And that leads um, her eventually. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think the the fact that she she is um, completely separate from from Candle Cove's influence in any way is is a big factor in in her ability to uh, investigate this case effectively because it is it is through her investigations that the most revelations, like non personal, but like connecting the dot revelations uh come come out it's it's through um like i said uh i I think that the fact that she that she doesn't have the trauma because we'll we'll get into what what candle cove is in in when we do the wrap-up but the fact that she has never been influenced by it, I think, makes her significantly more effective than all of the other characters. Yes, um, that that's giving her some more agency and ability to um, look at a lot of this objectively as as yes. as best you can when it's involving a small town and everyone knows everybody. So you're you're going to get some subjective issues with that, which we see because she literally had to arrest her own her own boss um but she is still um the acting authority at this point um and has not been uh, corrupted by uh, by um the the dreamscape of candle cove or mm-hmm. or the children um doing their thing uh, aside from now uh realizing something is very wrong with the children and trying to get to the yes. bottom of it um which puts her eventually into the home of Miss Booth, where she finds Daphne's body, which is a little weird because if Miss Booth understood to go bury Tim, she probably should have done the same thing with Daphne and avoided a lot of this. But that's mm. not what happens. Um, no. Yes, and Amy also finds uh, the 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 um, accoutrement of uh, Candle Cove props. Some some puppet buddies um, in the basement. Yes. Oh, and it is it uh, it does bear mentioning that throughout this episode we have been getting these uh, very odd little vignettes of the school children putting on a play, uh, and yes. they are all dressed as the Candle Cove characters with their own little paper mache masks and props. Yeah, this was kind of super menacing. <laughs> it, yeah, it's so, yeah. silent, silent masked children. Um, usually not a good sign. No, like for me, it's, you know, it's um, it's Officer Amy going to investigate, and then it cuts to the kids going, an enemy approaches. I'm like, oh god. Yep. <laughs> it's. Mm, mm. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was, yeah. it was uh, very, very stressful in a good way. Well done, horror. It, it works really well. <laughs> It also, it also, so it also sets up for, for the, um, for the ending, which is, mm. is actually quite shocking because, um, it is, this entire sequence is, is framed as if, oh, well, there goes Amy because mm. it seems like a perfect setup. There's an abandoned school, Mrs. Booth is involved. She, uh, Amy had asked the, that Mrs. Booth send those children to the principal's office, mm. uh, after class, uh, which Mrs. Booth didn't. Um, yeah. so Amy, yeah, Amy investigates the school and happens upon them in, in a darkened gymnasium, <laughs> putting, practicing, uh, and, and, you know, the kids are clearly lying and evil, uh, yes. and, and once again, it is, it is the perfect setup, and then the situation just de-escalates and ends. Yep. Until the Until end of the episode. Doesn't. Yeah, that's good horror, folks. <laughs> yes, it, it knows which rug to pull, and it and it pulled the mm. more effective one. Um, maybe well, there was no right one to pull. Uh, I think what it ends yeah. up doing uh, is, is more effective because uh, we have formed at this point more attachment to um, the character of Jessica. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So Jessica, um, she she goes home. The kids sort of menace her, um, and eventually stab her um, in a pool, like the little kids. Yeah, little floaty kid, pool, yeah. like the little plastic yeah. pool. Yeah. Yeah, and this this is uh, it's shocking and it's terrible and tragic and it's also really very clearly evil because it's not like the kids are completely mind dominated or anything because you know she pulls a gun for self-defense and one of the kids goes you're not going to shoot us we're kids right which is more terrifying than if they'd been you know uh ritual murder cult kids they oh, like, yeah. they, they understand what they're doing and what people's reactions to it can be it's uh hmm there was something about that line, um, and probably not intentionally with the delivery, but it mm. felt very much like something Eddie would have said, yeah. given all of the flashbacks. Like, mm. like it. There, there is a, there is a very distinct, like posture and tone that the the mm. kids that are so, like super heavily influenced by candle cove take and that is the like the stance and the posture and the emoting that that we've seen mm. eddie take ever since his abilities manifested yeah, yeah it is exactly. and it's it's all um i think part of why it works really well is that when they're when they're that far into the the candle covening, um, there's they present themselves as being rational mm. and and questioning why wouldn't this be the thing that you're supposed to do, right. which is what yeah. um, Eddie is positing to his brother, uh, not understanding why he wouldn't want this outcome 
uh, because it, it makes yeah. so much sense. Like, why wouldn't you do this? So why, what, why wouldn't you want to have all of our friends be happy um, in Candle Cove? And there's mm. no, um, it's not a one-to-one like association. Whereas um, Mike is in a position to go, no one's being happy they're they're dead like like they're not going to candle cove you're doing a horrible (laughs) thing um but that uh that reality is they've basically been superimposed on some other reality is what's Mm -hmm. in their heads and because they're they're adhering so strictly to that um makes them more terrifying Mm. yeah yeah, this is um I said last episode, I really like this series. I watch it all in one big go. Like this is some of the stuff it does really really well is like that there's subtle stuff even with the younger actors like it's all really high quality. Mhm. Yeah. <laughs> and and also uh, also once again to to talk about like a a limited series and and uh conserving your time and and being able to use your time effectively to tell a story like this is this we needed this episode we needed an episode Mm. that provide provides a lot of back context um to to the events um uh, and and an investigation because because everything has ramped up so so significantly um at this point mm. that like this is like the breather exposition episode but they're able to deliver that in still a really effective uh creepy way and yeah. um and and i think that um that ending the episode uh with with the shock of of Jessica's death is is kind of just like nail hammers in the nail of okay and now we're ramping back up because yeah. now stuff is getting super crazy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh I mean the very, very final thing is uh Lily wakes up screaming for her mother because She's uh no longer weird possessed by Eddie Lily at least so there's that yeah yeah so so uh and you know this comes into this comes into the 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 failings of of ingesting this kind of media so much of oh mm. yeah you just gotta gotta destroy the body and I'm like mm, mm-hmm. mm. really. Mm. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, it's always just like, yeah, I know it's, 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 it's like, and it's not even, it's not even a bad trope, but it Mm. is, it is so firmly horror tropey of destroy the body, um, and everything will be cool that you're just like immediately suspect of it. And so I was just like, all right, where's this go from here now? And to to the show's credit by having um having Mike's daughter um seemingly be free of the possession it's a good little like oh well maybe it'll work out even though I'm like there are like there are three more mm. episodes <laughs> there are there's yeah. what two more episodes two more. and I'm like yeah no that's not not working out 
and um uh i'm not going i i'm not going any deeper into this because we'll discuss it when we go over the final two but like as soon as jessica is removed from the picture like the path to the ending kind of becomes clear <laughs> or at least became mm. clear to me so um yeah. like i said we don't have to get into it but i was just like oh okay so this is where we're heading huh all right I, that's the trip that i'm looking for so let's see see how we do it then we'll find out in two weeks that's yeah. right uh hey surprise Candle cove continues to be really good like surprisingly <laughs> high quality and once again i think that is uh that is due to um the limited scope of this of this series and story um stretching this out into 12 episodes feels like it would have turned it into an intolerable slog but like everything about it with with the six is is tight and 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 gives you exactly what you need and what you're looking for and I feel is significantly more effective than if it had been like a regular and I'm looking at the perspective where seasons were typically like 12 to 13 episodes like that old viewpoint. Mm. So like this as a full old like network television series like a season I don't think would have worked but because of its brisk pace I I think Candle Cove is significantly more effective. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and with the complexity of this, if you tried to put this into like a two hour movie, um, you would have lost so much. Yeah, like it 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 needs this space to kind of breathe and give you uh, a real like a good f- feel of what Iron Hill, like what it is, what these um, kids and adults like how they function. Um, within the space of this story and give them like a, a kind of a little bit more of identity because e- even in um, this episode format, it's still a little light on um, it's not a character study. It's not giving you much on some of the, like Tim and Daphne They're They're just kind of one-off um, characters. Yeah. So it's, it doesn't spend as much time um, as it could, but I, I think it hits just that right mix um, of, of, of its like length to, to make those effective. It's most effective in this particular format. Right. Agreed. Mm-hmm. All right. I think that that wraps us up for today, unless you guys had anything else on episode three and four. Um, the only other bits that we didn't really cover were... Uh, the extended stretches uh, of interaction between Eddie and Mike um, and Mike um, ultimately discovering that yes, his, his daughter Lily is probably possessed by Eddie um, his, their, their mother um, taking that same uh, realization and then treating Lily as her, as her lost son. Uh, those are important things for the characters, um, but they don't impact the plot more than uh, Mike understanding he does in fact need to go um, destroy Eddie's corpse to set him yeah. free, ostensibly. Yep. Then I think that that does it for today. Uh, we'll do our little bit of wrap-up, um, which mm-hmm. is very brief. Uh, Leonard. 
where can folks find you on the interwebs should they need to contact you? Uh, people can find me online at, no, on Twitter, at Dr. Faust is Dead. Uh, people can also find my work on YouTube by searching Dr. Faust is Dead. I swear, oh well, uh, it's a thing. I got the project, project not done, video explaining, blah, blah, blah. Uh, <laughs> Cameron. <laughs> Where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at night underscore twitten. That's night without a K. Uh, you can follow me there for a variety of things, uh, including the grumpiest cat who exists, uh, who is very mad that I am still recording and not in bed. Um, and uh, various other things. If you want to hear about what, what life is like in Australia, because I know that's, that's uh, far flung for a lot of people, um, yeah, feel free to chat to me. I can tell you about all about the Australian experience, uh, where the kids do not just wander off into the woods and, uh, meet with, uh, the creations of Candle Cove because we are taught better. <laughs> mm hmm I don't believe that, Cameron. I believe that you went to, you and your young cohorts would commonly go to the abandoned train tracks and then that, uh, then have some adventures with Thomas. <laughs> God, that'd be, a, oh, that'd be an interesting take on this. No, not quite, unfortunately. <laughs> we know that he's the uh, death train. Yes, that is true. <laughs> uh, and Dave. Yes, folks can find me um, pretty much exclusively on Twitter at sentient underscore plus. It will be in the notes, as always, as will all of the other contact points. You can find all of the back episodes of the podcast on monsterdeer.monster. Our email, I believe, is also um, monsterdeermonster at gmail.com. If you'd like to send us any kind of feedback, we accept that. Um, the show is on iTunes. Reviews would be great. We have we have three. We've had three for four years now. Send us <laughs> some, please. Even if it's just screaming into the void. Uh, or letting and us know we, how handsome we, we are. We like that, too. We, we, mm. we re literally can't can't leave reviews for ourselves because it's mm. so tacky it'll shred the fabric of reality so yeah we really do and, and there's no space to hide them we would know you could see who they're from <laughs> yeah yeah but uh, yes we implore you if you if you enjoy the show leave us some 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 likes and some reviews and mm. uh Get the word out for Monster Deer Monster. <laughs> I am bad at promoting anything. Yeah. Never we, rely yes. on me to do it. <laughs> We've lost our, our expert promoter um, a while back. So that's fine. You're just stuck with us or yeah. we're stuck with us. However, yeah. however that works. Um, we do like having guests on the show. We've had a few uh, recently. So if you'd like to listen to some guest episodes, they are in the, the backlog collection. Um, if you'd like to come on to the show, just uh, give us a holler. Uh, we'll see if we can fit you into the schedule. And we also take um, suggestions on uh, things we may have missed um, that would be of interest to uh, the show. So send them on in. Uh, we are always, we're always willing to chat about them. Uh, 
independently or if you'd like to be a guest and talk about something that would be cool too uh, i think that is enough rambling for this episode <laughs> we will bid you adieu and we will see you next weekend for more Legativerse or something tangential to that <laughs> bye bye all <laughs> goodbye mm. goodbye <laughs>